Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. about you, uh, what your worst subject was or the thing that you didn't like the most in high school uh, as far as, you know, classes. Uh, I have to say that math would have been one of those right up there with me. Uh, anybody not enjoy math? I'm not even going to look at the Krinskys, uh, but anyways, <laughs> I'm not even going to look your direction. You guys probably like, math, man, like, you were probably a mathlete, right? Is that what the deal is? Uh, close, but, um, but yeah, like, I wasn't big into math. I couldn't wait to get the you know, bare minimum courses done and whatever. And it was kind of funny to me that over the years, how many remember the greater than and the less than signs in math, right? So it's kind of funny to watch this. <laughs> were they, I'm not even going to make the joke about were they around, but well, I kind of just made the joke. But anyways, um, but you know, like it's kind of funny that all of a sudden this math uh, thing that you would use, greater than sign, less than sign, became actually a bit of a trend and still is a bit of a trend. That sometimes on social media you will see you know, someone used the greater than sign to describe something is of more value and more of more impact over, you know, something else. And so you would scroll through someone's social media, you know, Facebook or Instagram uh, or on Twitter, and you would see something like this one. Let's, let's show them. My, this would be one that would be on my feed. Let's go to the first one here. Yeah. Maple Leafs greater than every other team, right? Now look at your neighbor and tell them. Except for last night. Go ahead and do that. Just look at your neighbor except for last night. I was like, I was sitting down watching the Leaf game last night. I'm going, first of all, I know that Grant Burst is going to show up in his Bruins jersey today. And the second thing is, this really doesn't work well on a night that they just lost or a day that they just lost. So anyways, but, you know, but that's that's the idea, right? Something of greater value to you. Or maybe for you, this would find you might find this on a community church feed. Let's go to the next one here, Jace. Um, you might see this one, tables and chairs greater than traditional rows. How many were really freaked out when you came in here that day of prayer and you saw all the traditional rows? It kind of bothered you a little bit. It felt a little bit weird, you know. But, you know, so community's so used to the tables and chairs and, and the mixture of both. But uh, and I was joking with the Thursday night crowd. There, theirs would have been Thursday nights greater than Sundays, right? You know, and, and so uh, anyways, but, but you would see something like this greater than. And, uh, and really, it's about value and impact. And you would use it to describe the, the, the greatness of something in comparison to something that's not as great inside your life. And my prayer for my family has st in 2019 started this way. The night before we had done uh, our annual family um, uh, or our prayer and communion time, I was sitting down and I was, I was thinking through uh, just my thoughts and, and I felt this tug in my heart and my spirit. I felt like God said, you know, I want you to ask me for great things. I want you to ask for great things. And that just began to stir in my heart. And I was thinking about my own family. I was thinking about my kids. I was thinking about Madison who, like right now, is in the Dominican Republic on a missions trip and, uh, and is serving for the next 10 days 
uh, and, and, you know, I know how nervous she was about leaving, and, and uh, she's there with the school, and, and they're doing ministry right now, and I'm thinking about Sydney, and I'm thinking about that grade 10 where she's starting to make some decisions and choices for, you know, uh, university and some of those kinds of things, and some of the other struggles that she's walking through. I'm thinking about Cora, I'm thinking about Abby, and then I began to think about you. And I started looking at you, and I just said, you know what, God, I'm going to declare over Community Church every individual, every single day, I'm going to do my best to remember to pray and believe for greater things over your life. That in your life, that the value of God in, in 2019, that you would be able to see at the very end of it, that God truly has been greater than every situation that I faced. That God would truly be greater than every, uh, you know, every decision that I've had to make. God has followed through and he has given me his great wisdom. He has given me his great love. He's given me his great power. He's given me his, his great strength. That, that really the echo of your heart would be something like Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 6 and 7, which is uh, up on the screen. This is the New Living Translation. It says this, that the Lord, this says, Lord, there is no one like you. There is no one like you. That means there is no comparison. There's nothing in the world, nothing that I've encountered, no relationship that I have that, that is even close to being like you. For you are great and your name is full of power. Who would not fear you, O king of the nations? That title belongs to you alone. You stand alone. There, there's nothing. You're in a league of your own God. Among all the wise people of the earth and in all of the kingdoms of the world, there is no one like you. But here's the thing, to experience great, because we often think about great in terms of, hey, that was a great job. Or, you know, man, that, that was a, a, you know, a great game that I watched. And, and we, we kind of use the term, because to be honest with you, the first time God dropped it in my heart, I'm like, God, that's not really like a big term. You know, like great you know, like, hey, those pancakes were great. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not something that just stands out on you. But here's the thing. Is that what I came to uh, discover is that the word great is a lot deeper and a lot more significant than we realize in biblical language. And my challenge to you is that in order to experience the greatness of God, you have to discover the greatness of God and what it means to be great. It reminds me when I was uh, I was probably about 12 years old, and and my mom and dad and a few other families had from the church that I grew up in. We all had trailers, and so we would head to Aurelia. And we would go to McCray Point. Anybody ever been to McCray Point and uh, and Lake Simcoe? Or yeah. Um, uh, Lake Simcoe, and, and so we were up there, and uh, we would go almost every single uh, weekend uh, during the summer. Our pastors really had a hard time with it, but anyways, and so we would go every single summer, we pulled the trailer up, and, and we would hit the beach instantly, and it was such a nice beach, it was so much fun, but man, when the wind started to take over, all of a sudden, this very thing, this water that, you know, you're playing in. And, and again, often when we think about water, we think about sprinklers. And, you know, we think about, you know, swimming and all these fun things, these things that we really enjoy. And so we enjoy it because water is fun. But, but I'll tell you that day, I discovered that water was more than just fun. I, I discovered that day that water has an incredible power. 
more than I had ever realized. And in order for me to understand its power, I had to experience it. And, and so it was really windy that day, and the waves were really high. And, you know, I'm like 12, 13 years old. And so, you know, I'm probably 100 pounds. I wish I was still 100 pounds soaking wet. But anyways, like nothing to me kind of a thing. And, and, and some of my uh, family friends, they were a little older than I was. You know, they were probably close to fishing high school or just about. And, and so, you know, they, they're used to this kind of weather. And so they saw the waves and like, dude, let's go out there and, you know, let's just jump around. It's going to be a lot of fun. And they went past the, you know, the secured area of the beach and all this kind of stuff. And, and so, of course, you know, I got to act cool like everybody else and think that I can handle it. And so I get into the water and I make my way past the, the line and, and there they are. And I'm barely touching ground as I get there, you know, the tippy toe kind of a thing. And, and the waves are just kicking in and I'm trying to you know, jump with the waves, and, and all of a sudden, I'm starting to take in water, and, and to be honest with you, instantly a fear, a fear that I'm not going to make it just overcame me like crazy. Anybody ever have that experience? If you hate water right now, you're hating this story even more right now, right? And I'm so grateful that someone recognized in the moment that it was too much for me to handle, and they said, Craig, listen, I know you want to be out here with us, but you've got to go back in, man. You can't take this. And in a moment, I discovered another side or a deeper understanding of the power of water. And when you think about around the world, you think about, you know, tsunamis and all these different things. And you begin to see that, man, water, you know, it can be fun with sprinklers and pools and Great Wolf Lodge and, you know, water slides and all that kind of stuff. But that very thing has the capability of absolute incredible destruction because of its power, its heaviness, its weight. Do you know, when you look at the scripture about the term great, that's actually what it refers to. When you, it's more than just prestige. I mean, the Old Testament, the term that's used for, uh, for one of the terms that's used for great does refer to reputation. So when it says that, God, you are great, it's, it's declaring that, God, you have a reputation. There's, there's an honor. There's a, a prestige to it. But then it shifts to another word, which means heaviness. And there's this weight. And I wanted to give you that picture of water because most of us have been in water. We know how, you know, fun water can be, but we also know how heavy and how strong a current can be. And so we've all pretty much experienced that. But that's, that's what it means when it says that God is great. That it means that there's a weight behind it. There's a heaviness behind his character. There's a heaviness behind his, his actions, his responses to things. He's the great God. Yes, he can put a smile on your face. But if you're on the wrong end of God's power, it can seem pretty heavy and destructive, if I'm being honest. And that's a good thing, actually, because just think about it. God's not turning that kind of greatness towards you unless he's using it in response to the circumstance you're facing. And it's your circumstance that's facing the heaviness and the intensity of God to the point of fear. Do you know, in fact, that's the word for the New Testament. The New Testament talks about, you know, uh, fame and all that kind of stuff. And it talks about size. But, but the New Testament uses the term in a way to describe intensity. That it's really intense. It's not, it's, not just, it's not just moving, but it's got an intensity behind it. And, and beyond that, there's this idea of abundance and overflowing. It's overwhelming. I remember that day as I was you know, standing in that lake. I mean, I just felt like the water just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. And, and like there was no end to it. 
And one of the other terms that's used to describe the word great in the New Testament is this word of sufficiency. Man, that, that water that day had the, it was sufficient enough to really knock me out if it wanted to. And so when I look at terms like this where, you know, Jeremiah declares this word of the Lord and says that you are great and your name is full of power. When I look at that, when I, when I process that, when I chew on that, I, I think to myself and I say to myself that, that what the scripture is saying, when, when any part of scripture, whether it's the Old Testament or New Testament, is talking about his greatness, it's talking about the intensity, it's talking about the overflowing abundance of the God's power. It's, it's God's power it, to the point where it is so sufficient that it is even much more capable than we realize. So when we talk about God's love, for example, and, and many times, how many, of, how many of us have felt like, man, God, I'm not sure that, that I matter to you or, you know, God, I feel like right now in this moment, I don't know how much you really love me because of maybe something that I did or, you know, or maybe I had a, a, a not so proud moment when the delivery guy's coming up to my driveway. Or maybe you're here today and you struggle and wrestle with things like depression, anxiety, worry. And you think to yourself, man, I, this is part, and, and, and I'm not making light of this. We all walk through seasons, but some people walk through this on a more um, consistent basis. And I want you to know when the scripture says that God is great, that means his ability and in his responses and actions in your circumstance or in your development, he is bringing that greatness to the table and it is more than sufficient to overcome your depression. It is more than sufficient to overcome your worry and your anxiety. That's the reason why we can make this declaration for whom the sun sets free is free indeed. It is complete and full. It is sufficient. There might be a process to it, but understand that it is possible to walk in that freedom. Why? Because Jesus paid that price. And that's for you today. That's my prayer for you today, that you would, at the end of 2019, in your, your story, and the things that you face, and the things that you walk through, the challenges, the you know, the, and maybe it's not even the challenges that you walk through, but it could be a family member, it could be a child, it could be, you know, it could be a relative that you're praying for and believing for their salvation, or maybe they're facing something. I want you to have a sense of confidence inside of you that God can. And so to have that step of faith that says, God, I'm going to believe for great things. I'm going to believe that your great power is going to be displayed. I'm going to believe that your great love is going to be displayed. That your great strength is going to be displayed. Your great grace is going to be expressed. That God, in my moment, in my situation, you're not just going to rescue me, but you're going to come in and you're going to be literally like a bulldozer or like a heavy wave that's just going to knock it right out of the way because you are great. I want you to grab that inside your spirit. I want you to grab that inside your spirit because even as I sat back and I was thinking about this this week, I'm like, God, why do you want me to share this word? Why is it so important before we get into our series about seek first the kingdom? What is it that you're stirring in my heart? And I felt God remind me of, 
of what's out on this hallway out here, one of the original mission statements of Community Church, that we exist or we are working towards to be a life-giving church where people matter. I want you to know that I want you to experience, because sometimes we think about that mission statement and we often think about outside of this wall. And we're thinking about our neighbors and we're, we're thinking about people that are in our community and we're thinking, God, we want them to know that they matter. I want you to know that you matter. I want you to know that the reason why I want you to experience the greatness of God is because I want you to know that you matter, your decisions matter, your direction matters to God. I love Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. It's up here on the screen. Again, the New Living Translation. I love how it puts this. Even before he made the world, long before you even read a word in the Bible, God had already decided from the very beginning, it says that God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. But God decided in advance to adopt us to be his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is the line that I wanted to get to. All that's good, by the way. But this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure to have you sitting here today in relationship with Jesus. You just fulfilled the great pleasure of God because he values you that much. And when God steps into your story, when God steps into your situation, I'm looking at, you know, Cliff and Marcia right now. And it just seeing that email that came across from our, our prayer chain that Cliff, who went through some cancer treatment at the beginning of uh, or near the in the fall, has a clean bill of health today in Jesus name. He got it this past week, right? Come on. That's worth celebrating. Come on. I was saying this to Karen on Thursday night as she led worship. Clean bill of health. Trusting and having faith in God. And I think about others in our church that are walking through this. You know, I see Natalie here, same thing. You know what I'm talking about. You experienced the greatness of God. And it reminded you, not that it, not that it had to establish inside of you, because your value is already there. You matter no matter what. But when something happens, where God steps into your story and he begins to display his great love, his great power, that intensity, that overwhelming sense, it's so sufficient. When he goes above and beyond what your expectation is in the natural, here's what it does. It deepens the thought that your life matters to God. It just digs it that much more. And actually, if anything, it secures it a little bit deeper. Which makes a, it's a game changer, to be honest with you. And I'll explain why in a second. It's not only that you matter, but his passion is to transform your life. And you and I, in order to experience the greatness of God, have to take steps of faith to engage the greatness of God. That means we got to take steps, man, that's outside our comfort zone. 
we, we, we've got to make declarations. You know, I, we were talking about this uh, just a couple of months ago when we were uh, slowly working on the budget for 2019. And we were talking about a portion of our budget that reflects, um, you know, uh, and, and the board reminded me. Gerald, I, I got to tell you, that night I, I just, we're having this conversation and I'm like, you know, remind me again of why this is here. And we have it classified as God's provision. And Gerald and Cheryl, the, longa, the two longest serving council members uh, in my season anyways, said we, we, we put that in there on purpose because we want to put ourselves in a position where we have to believe God to make up the difference. That some way, somehow, we're going to rely on God to do something great beyond our current ability. And I, I got to tell you, that's where my heart is. And as soon as I heard that, I just, I went, okay, never mind, leave it where it is. Because that's, and that was two months ago, that was before God dropped in my heart, that I just want you to declare great things. And so every morning, or as I'm driving, if I forget to do it in the morning, I, you know, anytime I have the thought, I just, I just stop for a moment. I'm like, God, I'm just going to declare your greatness right now. I'm going to call on your greatness in this moment, in this situation, God. And if you ask any of those that have seen the greatness of God in their situation, in their story, here's, here's what happens. You get a taste of what God can do. The next time you face something that's bigger than you, you have a little bit more of a step of confidence and courage because, okay, I've seen God do this. Am I right, Natalie? Like, like when you face something, it's like, okay, okay, it's still a little scary, but... But man, I, this is what I just came out of. And so I'm going to, God, if you did that, man, you could do this. Right? You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if about December, I took this, I took uh, Abby to, to see a movie at the Landmark uh, Theaters down in uh, Hamilton. And most of you know how much I hate driving in Hamilton. One-way streets are stupid. But anyways, um, and so I had to go down to Jackson Square. Uh, to get to this movie theater, and I had never, ever been down there. And so I'm driving around, and of course, you know, I got to do the pre-work because, you know, I, I you know, want to get there, and I want to make sure that we're on time and get in line to get some popcorn because you don't go to the movies without getting popcorn. Am I right? You know, like, I, Cora, that's why Cora doesn't like me going to the movies with the kids because she's like, I can't trust you. You go all out. Let's, you know, let's just, and I'm like, man, let's get some popcorn and some, and some chocolate, and, and how many are just, man, like, wanting to go to a movie right now? But anyway, so, and, and, uh, and so I, we get there, and Abby's like, where are we going, Dad? I'm like, I have no sweet clue. I just have an idea, and I parked on the other side of, of Jackson Square where that uh, market is, and, uh, and I don't know if you've ever seen, it's like an old mall that connects to Jackson Square. And so I park in the parkade because I'm cheap and, uh, well, cheaper than the other spots that are inside the mall. There was, a, there was a parking lot, like parkade inside the mall that you can get to that's a lot easier. But I didn't want to pay the 8 bucks. I just wanted to pay the $2. How many are with me in Jesus' name, right? So anyway, so I, I get there and I'm like, Abby, all I know is that we got to go this way. 
And so you know how you walk through somewhere you've never been before and you're a little bit hesitant and you're looking around, you're looking for signage and, and then you kind of, you, you feel a little weird because you're, you know, you're asking people like, uh, hey, like, is, is, like, am I going the right direction for, you know, Jackson Square? Oh, yeah, yeah, when you get down, you got to, you know, you go down here and then you go up this way and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so I just keep walking and, and I fumble my way through to finally find the movie theater. But when I came out of the movie theater, because I had been through this process now, I walked through that hallway like a boss. I started telling people where to go. Oh, no, listen, you need to go here, right? Like, do you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, that when you've been somewhere, you walk with more courage and more confidence because you've been there, you've experienced it, and it lends itself to having this confidence and courage that you never had before, and, and that trepidation is gone, and, and that, that hesitation, it's gone. Why? Because you've been there. When you begin to experience the greatness of God, you discover a confidence in your life that you never had before. This is what builds faith. This is what's transforming your life. This is what just deepens that truth that you really matter. And all along, it will always make Jesus famous. Because when people know that it was Jesus that stepped into your story, it makes a big difference. And that's our heart as a church. But you know, the problem is, is that in order to see the greatness of God, there, it, is, it is greatly impacted by our choosing to walk in it, our expectation of it. It is greatly impacted by our anticipation of it, or even our willingness to actually call it out. Because let's be honest, there are times where, I don't know about you, I've had these moments where I've prayed for something, and, in, and I've had that little thought in the back of my mind. I don't think God can do this. Anybody else ever have that thought? Right? Like, I just, I don't know if God can do this. And yet, Jeremiah says, no, 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 no. He is great in his name. Who he is is full of power. It has the intensity and the abundance to push back the darkness and to push through your circumstance to give you wisdom that is more than enough. And sometimes we, we, we succumb to the obstacles in our heart, our mind, and sometimes that could be, well, man, I've been asking God to do this for five years. You know, PC, man, like I, I, I had a friend who, you know, we, we prayed for them to be healed, but we didn't see it. And yes, there's a mystery to, to healing. And, you know, maybe sometimes there, it's hurt or disappointment. Like, I, you know, God, I don't want to be disappointed again. So I'm not going to pray great prayers to see great things. Because if I don't, then I don't have to worry about being disappointed. Yes, you are. Because if you don't call on God to intervene in your situation that is so beyond you, you're probably going to be disappointed. Because it's not going to change. It's not going to be any different. That the narrative is not going to change unless God 
steps in. And the only way God is stepping in is when you and I invite him. Let me, let me give you this case in point. There's a passage of scripture that tells a story. Um, I believe it's Mark chapter 6. I think it's up on the screen. I won't go into all of it tonight or t- today. But Mark chapter 6 tells the story of Jesus traveling home. And he goes into Nazareth. And again, just to remind you, here, was the, here is what the world thought of Nazareth. It was a famous saying around all of the communities around it in the culture. Nazareth, there's nothing good that can come from Nazareth. I mean, they just thought this was a joke of a community, right? You know, and so they just, and, and people, and they're just like, whatever. And so Jesus goes in there. He teaches, you know, in the synagogue. And, and people were actually marveling at his ability, his wisdom. But all of a sudden it dawns on them, wait a minute, is this, is this the carpenter's boy? Oh, wait a minute. If that's the carpenter's boy, then uh, that's, uh, you know, that lady Mary who tried to tell us that, you know, she didn't, you know, sleep with Joseph and and before they got married and whatever. And she said, oh, it's, you know, God, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And like, you know what I mean? Like in their minds. And all of a sudden, the scripture actually says that they got really bugged and irritated with Jesus. And they began to reject Jesus. And verse 5 and 6 says this. Just think about this, how powerful this statement is for a second. He could not do. He could not do. He could not do any miracles there. Except he laid his hands on a few sick sick people. Meaning there was some faith inside the room. But it was the faith, or let me just put it this way. Our inability to choose to receive Jesus, even if we have, and I get it, we have reasons, or to rely on Jesus, or to have faith in Jesus, has an impact on what God can do in your life. See, here's the thing. You and I are more gatekeepers than we realize when it comes to faith and the things that are being unlocked inside of our lives. Why? This scripture is pretty clear. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed. He was amazed. He was dumbfounded at the lack of their faith. They heard the miracles. Jesus has a reputation at this point. But they let their own struggles, their own thinking keep them from trusting Jesus and believing Jesus. And because of that, they missed out on some pretty amazing things. When you're facing something, when you're looking for a decision that needs to be made, can I ask you a question? What stops you? I mean, have you ever thought to yourself, what did I just miss out on? Because I let my issues, so my, my fear of disappointment, my, my doubt that, oh, I don't know, man, if God can do that. And it's not just what you think. It's your receptiveness to his presence in your situation that makes all the difference in the world. 
you could be, and what I would suggest you to be, is someone like blind Bartimaeus. And I won't go into this, but I believe it's Mark chapter 10, where the story of blind Bartimaeus is a little bit different. I'm going to ask Karen to come back. But in the case of blind Bartimaeus, most of us know the story. Blind Bartimaeus is blind. I don't mean to point out the obvious, but that's an important part of the story. Because blind Bartimaeus at this point has never actually seen with his own eyes the power of God. He's never witnessed this himself. And he's sitting on this road. And all of a sudden he hears the whispers that Jesus is coming. Now, I'm going to suggest to you because of his reaction, he may not have seen he may not have personally experienced the power or the greatness of Jesus, the miracle working power of Jesus up until this point. But I'll guarantee you because of his response, he's heard of it. And somebody else has experienced the power of God. And the rumor got around and blind Bartimaeus who probably sat in the middle of a street most of his day heard people shuffling across just going, man, Man, did you, did you hear about Jesus healing the cripple by that pool? Did you? You know, there's a part, there's a part in Scripture where Jesus actually says to a bunch of people that he healed, he says, listen, don't say anything because the time has not come. And the more he said it, the more they did it. It's kind of like as a parent. Don't do that. And your kid does it all the time, right? Oh, come on. And here's blind Bartimaeus. He's never experienced it for himself, but he knows the reputation of Jesus because of the testimony of other people. And instead of letting his own experience dictate his response to Jesus, he lets the testimony of somebody else motivate him and say, if it can happen to them, if it can happen to Cliff, if it can happen to Natalie, if it can happen to Karen, and we could go on and on and on. It can happen to you because he is great and his name is full of power. Look at PC getting all Pentecostal on you this morning. So when I say that I want to see the greatness of God, I want, the two, I want 2019 to be the year that we choose not to be the people of Nazareth, but we choose to be blind Bartimaeus that just absolutely would cry out. He shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus comes up and says, what can I do for you? What a... I'm sorry, Jesus, this is just kind of a dumb question. I mean, he's blind. Why did Jesus ask that question? Because you're a gatekeeper. He stands at the door and knocks. You open the door. I open the door. And I invite him in. And when we invite him in, his great power, kicks down the door walks through it like a boss and says man I'm here let me show you how great I am let me show you that I am there's nobody like me let me show you let me in that direction let me give you wisdom that no no way in the natural could you see it no way could you know it no way What could 2019 look like if 
believe every one of us prayed that prayer every single day, not just in our circumstances, but God, I'm praying for Community Church that today would be a great day in its history, that this service would be great, that God, your presence would be great. God, my circumstance, you would be great. God, that depression that I'm walking through, would you break it? Would you overwhelm it? Would you cause my situation to fear and run because you've walked inside the room? Because I've asked you to come in. I've invited you. And what did Jesus say to blind Bartimaeus? He said, receive, basically he said, receive your healing because of your faith. You opened the door, you called on me. And I get it, it's natural. But what we need, it's natural to doubt, but what we need is for God to cultivate inside of us the spirit of God that doesn't doubt those things. come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain our help in our time of need. Come on. You matter to God. And he wants to transform your life. And he wants to be made famous through your life. Your decisions, your direction, this church, this community matters to God. And my prayer is that 2019 will be the year that you declare, God, you have truly been greater than everything in my life. Would you stand with me all over this place? I have a sense already in my spirit this morning that that some of us are already facing things. We've just started the year. <laughs> Seems a little bigger. Man, would you just stretch your hands towards heaven right now? And would you invite Jesus? Would you invite his greatness right now in your circumstance. Come on now. Yep. 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 That's faith, man. That's faith. And faith doesn't give up. And faith doesn't get discouraged. So when we get discouraged, that's not, that's not our spirit, man. That's just, that's the natural trying to fight against what we cannot see. But faith establishes hope and confidence that God is in the midst of my circumstance right now. He's going to give me wisdom. I'm going to see greatness. At the end of the day, regardless of how I picture it, I'm going to be able to declare that, God, you truly showed up and you revealed your great name. And so, Father, for every situation and every circumstance that is here this morning that is so beyond them, God is the, 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 and I really do believe this, that God, we, our receptiveness is a, is a big part, our intentionality, you know, our, our declaration, our anticipation, or even our use of the Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.